When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you were to go back in time and tell me in 2008, let's say 10 years ago, which was more likely to happen, Rajon Rondo wearing a Lakers jersey and hitting a buzzer beater against the Boston Celtics in Boston, or Donald Trump being the president, I honestly do not know which which one I would I would believe. What if we added in that LeBron would be Rondo's teammate on the Lakers? Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, I I would go. That would be a Trump situation for me. I would definitely believe that was more likely. Rondo was Rondo that him hitting the shot was really the only redeeming part of that entire night for me. It was the only like little tiny bit of pleasure I could get out of it, or not like extreme pain. Oh come on, Dan- Daniel Tice. And they said a great game. That was like his. Was that, that his was, best that game as a Celtic? That was his best game. Uh, he's had a bunch of really good games as a Celtic, but that's definitely top two. As far as like a, he hasn't had one like that against an elite opponent. Not an elite opponent, but like a a five hundred opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a time to do it, you know? Right. They, Lakers. Um, before we get into the more meanwhile stuff, just quick on that game, did you did you want to see the bench kind of have a chance to win that game? Parts uh, of the bench, not obviously. Kyrie is going to be in the game either way, obviously. So who are you talking about? Tice? Yeah, like Tice, like Jalen. Um, yeah, like who was on the floor at the end? It was Smart. Was Hayward on the floor? Yeah, Hayward. Hayward was in and out. He he, he mixed and matched with Hayward, Morris, Smart. I think Jalen got in for a little bit defense, but like usually not on offense. Yeah, Jalen was playing pretty well. Uh, Tatum had a pretty good game, but he kind of flamed out at the end, I think. Uh, I'm just going, I haven't even looked at the stats for this game, to be honest. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I was kind of happy with it. They should have won that basketball game. I mean, Horford, <laughs> <laughs> the last play, like, it's so, just, like, that shot that Rondo hit came off of Horford blocking Ingram's reverse, and then the ball, like, ricocheting off that, like, padding on the bottom of the backboard. And, like, if you look at the replay... He clearly should have, like Horford like clapped his hands together. Yeah. He thought he had the ball. It was just like one of the. It was a really weird, and, weird ending. And there was a three pointer a couple of sessions before that. Maybe LeBron hit it. That Kuzma was it Kuzma? Yeah, no, no, the one it, that like, the LeBron like, LeBron lost it and then got it back in the. Oh the yeah, that was that. a freak play. Yeah. yeah. Right, and there, there were there were a couple of those. But be Rob, to your original question, like for me, it's like the whole problem all year that everyone's been saying is like consistently consistency, knowing your role. Like that's the big problem that the Celtics have. So I'm down with just like, I, cause it feels like there's actually a bench unit now. Yeah. You know, when, when, when Gordon and Terry and, and, and Jalen are out there together, it feels like they are coming together a little bit. So like, uh, again, they, they should have won. And if, and if 
two of those random plays don't happen, you know, Rana doesn't hit that shot, we're not worried about it as much. But I'm cool with establishing some set units and just rolling with it. Yeah, and I think, you know, Brad Stevens is with you on that front. And that's, you know, just because it's one game there and like the, like more stunk all game, but then he hit that big corner three. So like they got the job on offense. They just couldn't get a stop for their lives. And I mean, that's, it's a fluky night, but you know, we'll see what goes forward here. What was it like in the locker room, B-Rob, after the game? Very upbeat. Really? Would have never have known that they lost the game. Can I make a prediction why? Trade deadline was over. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell, uh, like you could tell, uh, Terry Rogier particularly just like had a pep in his step. Uh, Jalen looked like he had a pep in his step. I mean, the guys just looked like okay. Now we can focus on the rest of the season and not really worry about you know playing for the Charlotte Hornets or something like that. Yeah, which I never think. I mean, there was never going to be. Uh, I guess the only guy who actually could have been traded right now was probably Terry. Um, realistically, um, just based on what, if assuming this team wanted still has championship aspirations this year, um, but he wasn't, and nothing else happened beyond the Jabari Bird salary dump roster spot opening. Um, but where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start? I guess we should just start with the the biggest win of the trade deadline is. Wait, wait, wait! wait. Before before we do that, yeah. Do you want to just really quickly go over buyout possibilities? Yeah, I, I, Mike, I was gonna say like we got to get to the the meat first, but I, I'm all, I've already written fifteen hundred words on buyout candidates, so <laughs> I, I am all on board to talk buyouts early here. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, to me, I don't think this. We've been talking all season long about this team's needs, and I don't really think they have too many or. Like, it's really difficult for anyone to come to Boston because there's really not going to be a lot of opportunity. We just saw Wayne Ellington sign with the Detroit Pistons, which is kind of a shock just because, you know, he probably assumes that that's the place where he'll get the most minutes and can kind of re-up his value heading into free agency. But to me, the only guy who really stands out that it would be, like, cool to have just because is Markeith Morris. Like, that's... No. no. That's it. Well, we like... talked. We talked to Marcus Morris about this a lot last night in the locker room. What did he say? So he was of the mind of being like, "Yeah, we, you know, like, would he want to win here and give up minutes?" And he was like, "I don't know, man. Like, that's a hard one." And he 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 understood that like he couldn't advise his brother to come here because he's that's probably his some of his playing time that goes with it. Like, you know. But these guys are beyond that. that, that I don't, their, their relationship is not anything that we can relate to, I don't think. No. No. And so... They're like closer and, than a married couple. Right. Yeah. But then he was... I mean, a lot of it was talking about like, you know... Here, I'll give you a couple of quotes here. Okay. Like, we, we're still trying to figure out what he's going to do. If he's cleared, then I'm definitely going to have the conversation with him about coming to Boston. I'd like Or like, just where he's going to go, I should say. Um, I'd rather have him go to the West as, but that was in comparison to like going to one of the East contenders that obviously will be going after like Philly could obviously make a run at him. I feel like that's the most logical place where he could probably get some playing time there. We'll have to battle with Jonathan Simmons. I mean, geez Mm -hmm. Louise. So that's that's a hard no for me then on Marquis. Well, I mean, it's slim pickings. Like all the guys who are really like big names, I feel like are centers and, that's right. just a position that this team does not need help at. 
I know, but I just I just don't think bringing in the twin brother of your like potentially most volatile player like is the smartest move right now. <laughs> if you're just doing it for the sake of it, because no one else is out there, you know. Like, what about, what about what about what about Beasley in a Gerald so, Green kind of role? So Beasley, I I think as far as a need standpoint, like if assuming the locker room stuff is okay with him there right now, which I assume like, you don't hear anything about that, even though the the blow ups in L.A about, like, roles and playing time and stuff. He like, did try to fight his coach. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, I don't know if they want that, you know, I don't know if they want that headache right now. Even though Ainge, I feel we like Ainge has always had a soft spot for him. <laughs> has Daniel always had a soft spot for him? Am I making this up from, like, years ago that, like, he's been rumored in trades and stuff? Well, he likes those guys. Like, he, like, he, was, he was into O.J. Mayo. He was, he's into, like, the like Marcus Banks. Right. He likes guys that can that can score in volume and... He doesn't mind taking chances on guys, right? And this is again, this is this is the kind of organization where I don't think you have to worry about him attacking Brad Stevens. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But is he going to want to? I mean, if he wants, if he's going to want to play, then this is probably not the place for him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's making a decision right now. You know. So a couple realistic names, I feel like, in that mode of like, they might be okay with just like specialist, um, Shelvin Mack. As uh, just Ooh, a, an emergency point guard, like someone who can actually move the ball, someone who obviously knows what Brad Stevens wants. Brad's boy. Brad's yeah. boy. So didn't he go to Atlanta? What, what, he got what, Atlanta and they waved him. Already. Oh, wow. So he's yeah. out there. And this is also a – so that's a name I was like, hmm, like, you know, you know, when Brad Wanamaker is probably like punching the wall right now as he hears this. <laughs> Shooting for 50% Dedic- point Dedicated range. listener, Brad Watermaker. Exactly. But, like, yeah, like, Mac is obviously a natural passer. Like, he's not – he doesn't have much left. He's a he's a minimum – veteran minimum guy. But, like, on a night where you want to mix it up and throw something different out there randomly, like, I think you could do worse than him. Um, or you couldn't do much worse than him based on your options. And then the other – like, Caspi is another guy. Mm. But I feel like he might want to play somewhere. But I don't know if any. At the same time, all these guys that want to play, like, where are they going to play? Like, they might just be like, take a roster spot and someone will give it to them because they're not going to be minutes anywhere for these guys. A lot of these guys. Once the Houston Ka- fills up, did Caspi end up winning a ring with Golden State last year, or did they cut him? No, before? they cut him. Okay. They cut him. Um, does he get hurt. a ring anyway? I think, I think he does. But probably. I mean, if they're nice, they don't they vote as does everyone the roster knows. vote? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, those uh, are the two sneaky. Guys, I was like, "What about uh Frank Kaminsky? Was he he was waived, right? I, was. Has he been waived yet? Was that official? I I've, been... I've, I've been seeing. Uh, I'm like ninety percent sure it's official, but I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah, I'd want to get him just so we could offer him to Jordan in trades, like every <laughs> the first possible chance. Just a total catastrophe. But like, where? I mean. Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez, like you have the Baines is hurt right now, so like adding an extra big kind of makes sense there. But Danny Ainge talked on Touch and Rich this morning and said like they expect Baines back after the All Star break. So like, they're any of those guys are not going to play. Um, yeah, bottom, only... yeah, 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 for sure. Bottom line is like I don't think this team is going to get anybody. <laughs> no, I think line. they'll get they'll get someone because they're gonna they're gonna want to sign someone. I think potentially to a, a two-year deal, so they could use them in an AD offer. Right, but but none of these guys. Is it going to be like me or you? Well, no. That's why I think like Shelvin Mack. That's another guy like 
who he's I'm not going to get more than back. he's not going to get more than the minimum next year. So if the Celtics be like, hey, sign for six million dollars right now for two years, so we can trade you next year, uh, what is he going to say? No, he's not going to pocket that money. Yeah, I'm a little interested in uh, our friend Avery Bradley's situation. I was that was the that weirdest too. trade ever. Like, explain that trade, Mike. Like, what are I the mean, Grizzlies doing? I would guess. I mean, that's a salary dump plus they're tanking, is what it is. Like, I don't is know. Avery Bradley say. tanking at this point? Is that when you acquire Avery Bradley? Is that a I mean, he's he's not good right now uh, this year. But, but why? couldn't they yeah. couldn't they get something for Green? Like, I I understand like dumping Temple, but like Green's a good player on a good deal even though his, it's an expiring his knees might be messed up i he, or some, there's something about him he he seems to be unable to stay on the court that's true maybe the there's a medical issue the Celtics like him a lot they they went after him Jamichael green yeah 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 i like him too um i don't know like is avery bradley even going to get bought like is that even a buyout possibility you would think maybe i don't i don't know but memphis is really weird right now um yeah, I just don't know, you know, you look at some of the other situations out there. I mean, Philly's going to be hunting for someone. I, do they, they still have a roster spot, I believe, because they waived Malachi. Yeah. Um, and uh, our boy, Malachi. <laughs> um, and uh, you have the Rockets, who will be very aggressive, I would imagine, and are pretty bummed that Wesley Matthews went to the Pacers. You have the Oklahoma City Thunder who are probably going to be very aggressive. Um, I feel like Markeith might go there. That's a good space for him. Yeah, I like I, that too. Yeah, I thought Wayne Ellington should have gone to Oklahoma City, but oh well. Um, All right, who you got? Baines and Marcus Morris versus uh, Adams and Markeith Morris. In a fist fight? Yes. Ooh. I take Adams. like Over Baines then? Over like both of them. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think Adams is like legit scary, scary person. <laughs> Oh, he's not, but he's not. He has a potential to be. He seems yeah. like to be like the most like. I guess on the court, he's nuts. But yeah. Baines can take. I feel like Baines could take like all the punishment in the world and still be in the fight. It would be very Homer Simpson uh, when Homer Simpson was a boxer. Right, that, he's got to yeah. wear him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spe- speaking of which, in Sideshow Bob and identical twins, the same reason I don't <laughs> want uh, Markeef with Marcus is the same reason I think it would be good to have Robin. To, to offset Brooke. Oh, to screw up, screw up Brooke? Yeah, to get in his head in the potential conference final. Go out for Ooh. dinner the night before. Just be there. Just be that there. Is a nice Just stare album. at him. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I like that idea. Should we talk about uh, the trade deadline now? Yeah, probably should. Should we start with the Celtics? Yeah, let's start there. All and right. And work our way around. Well, that's it, yeah. right? Can we cover it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, uh, AD. AD was not dealt. That That is a direct, uh, that's like the big thing with the Celtics was their back channel discussions with the Pelicans <laughs> uh, to convince whoever is there is making the decision. It seems like it's uh, ownership and Mickey Loomis more so than Dell Demps at this point. Um, but I don't know that for sure. And, you know, convincing them that uh, they should hold on to AD and not give them to the Lakers. And it paid off. And, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that is pretty seismic for the Celtics. It is. No, I, I agree with you. It's funny how we, how quickly this came up. Like, we talked about this all the time, and then we had the trade, 
uh, Celtics traded value power rankings and had those theoretical conversations between Doe Demps and, and Danny Ainge. And then that literally just happened like yeah. days afterwards. Do you guys think that the Pelicans, would you buy in the theory that the Pelicans are just trying to screw the Lakers and had don't mm-hmm. have real interest in those guys um, based on no. how last week went? No, I don't. It just, it just never made sense for them to make the deal now. I think it was that simple, you know? Yeah, I thought that was a weird narrative. Um, like, I've never seen a trade negotiation reported as intensely as this one was. And I know it's like, it's kind of borderline unprecedented having AD request no, a trade. No, it's at not. This... I, don't, I, don't, I, 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 I think your first instinct is correct on that. What? There was something, there was something screwy about it. LeBron literally mentioned these guys in a tweet on Super Bowl Sunday. No. <laughs> it's unprecedented. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. So it's totally unprecedented. Yeah. Um, and like you see, uh, you know, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's tweets that are, you know, basically a play by play of every phone call made between the two organizations. I've never seen anything kind of like that intense, um, which is just really weird. And I, I don't think that, I mean, from the start, we all said that they should wait. I mean, I wrote a column like, you know, 20 minutes after that announcement, I, I woke up and saw the, the Rich Paul's trade demand. And I was like, okay, well, they're just going to have to wait for the Celtics. And nothing changed. I mean, you can add, you can throw in whatever you want player-wise. Uh, obviously, you can talk about picks, but picks are only so much, so valuable to a Pelicans team when they're coming from a Lakers organization that would have LeBron and Anthony Davis on it. So... Uh, it, you know, I just, it, it was just, that was kind of the, the play there to wait from, from day one. And that's what happened. Yeah. And then it was just noise from people that it seemed to be speaking for Rich Paul or just, you know what I mean? Just whatever he wants to be said, regardless of, of if anything pans out, you know, it's, it's crazy. Sorry, b I know you're going to go. No, no, I was going to say that I think an underlying factor in all this too, and like where the Lakers maxed out with their offer is like. It also makes sense for them to to do the the deal in July from a team building standpoint if they get it done, because that way they could theoretically have make use their cap room to sign someone in free agency and then trade everyone else for AD. So you have like, but if you trade for AD now, then you don't really have the cap space you need in the summer to make a another max acquisition. So like. I can understand. I mean, it's a, if they thought they could get it done now, they obviously, you know, they could have offered whatever the, the four first round picks and everything else. And the Pelicans still would have said no, but I do think it makes sense to why they didn't go up to that point. Um, now versus like, I feel like they'll go up more in the summer. Do we think the Lakers are even going to get anybody? I don't know. I I mean, mean, I I just don't, I I don't see it personally. I do. Um, Who's on the top of that list for you? I so let me first say that I just I just feel like LeBron had a plan and in, in coming. Not to say that his plan couldn't be foiled as some you know, random occurrence, but just seems he just seems a little bit too relaxed about <laughs> I don't know about what what might happen next year. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know. But who, who would it be? KD is not going to happen anymore. Kawhi is not going to happen, right? Who else is there? I think that if I were just power ranking it, I'd put Jimmy Butler at the top. And I guess this is a good segue to the 76ers. 
and their whole situation, which uh, I feel it's a huge win for the the Celtics. <laughs> what they did. I uh, I was not a big fan of this move. I like Tobias Harris a lot, but what they basically have done is, you know, I think the motivation behind this trade, which uh, B Rob, do you want to outline exactly what the the pieces were in the deal of the Sixers deal? Yeah. Yeah, so the Sixers sent out um, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, the their 2020 first round pick, uh, the Miami Heat's unprotected 2021 first round pick, and I'm forgetting one other player, and then obviously Shamit, and then Shamit, yeah. So like a, a, a very respectable rookie rotation guard. So you're essentially sending out who I feel like is the equivalent of a first-round pick because, you know, so that's like, it's essentially sending out three first-round picks for a guy on an expiring deal and, you know. Who didn't make the All-Star team. Who didn't make the All-Star team and also, like, dumping some contracts that, like, you probably don't want in the interim. Yeah, so my read on this was basically, like, they either they they're either really fearful or know that Jimmy is leaving, or they know that they are not going to offer Jimmy a five year max. In which case, they believe that that will piss him off and he will leave, and that is why they felt pressured to make such a ridiculous overpay <laughs> for Tobias Harris. Because right now, I mean, Elton Brand can say what he wants at the press conference about ownership being willing to uh, pay. Simmons a max, Embiid a max, Harris a max, and Butler a max. If you do that, like you lose Redick, who's one of your most important players. Uh, you lose basically everything except those four guys, and every dollar that is spent on any other players is going to be in the tax in this team, and ownership has yet to prove that they are willing to go into the tax. So my thing is, I think that they overpaid for Harris because they're fearful that Jimmy will leave and they don't want to look bad. And now you have to pay Harris a five-year max because there are plenty of other teams out there that uh, will be willing to max out Tobias Harris this summer. And, you know, even if you do bring everyone back, you're basically maxing out Tobias Harris for his role to be similar to what Marcus Morris is is on (laughs) this year's Celtics team. And that's just ludicrous. That's not how you build a team. That's assuming that that Jimmy's there too, you're saying. Exactly, yeah. It's almost like it's a GM learning on the job. <laughs> like it's just I, like a, it's an all-in move that is like right. it reeks it's of a, panic, and I don't understand it at all. But I th- the one thing that I can understand with, with the first explanation you gave, Mike, is that maybe that they know Jimmy is not going to be around. So it's like it's tough because th- this, this the Harris trade wouldn't be so bad if they hadn't given up Sarich and Covington for for Jimmy. You know, so I mean. They would kill to have Covington on this team. <laughs> yeah. He's a perfect fit. No, exactly. So, so now it is. So maybe if they're saying like, okay, like the gym, we, we made this mistake with Jimmy. Let's cut our losses and let's bring in a guy who probably – because we, we've talked a, a few times about how Tatum would be such a perfect fit with Embiid and, uh, and Simmons. And Harris uh, kind of does that same thing. He's kind of a similar player. So he could be perfect next year. But, yeah, they're going to have to bite the bullet on, uh, on how they got here. I mean, it's just like, and I mean, just looking at from a roster standpoint now, like matching up with other teams in the East, like they still don't have anyone who can defend a point guard. Hmm. Like this is a problem and they're not going to like if, 
I'm sh- like when you do this deal and you're giving up two first round picks and two second round picks, and you don't come out of there with Patrick Beverly too, like that is wild to me. Yeah, that's absolutely was... wild that they or Avery Bradley even just someone the Clippers <laughs> have like a thousand guards and they didn't come out with one of them in this deal, which is absolutely bonkers to me. Beverly would have been terrifying, right? That, that would have been like, uh oh, that is like literally that could be checkmate. But no, no. yeah, that's it's uh, it's terrible. Uh, like, <laughs> and I, I, I think that you know it's funny because like you look at the talent there and you look at the starting five and it is uh, that's a ridiculous starting five. Like it, it's huge. Like JJ Redick is the smallest player in that lineup, and you know it's going to be a very formidable five man unit. But then you look at six through fifteen and it's complete. I don't want to say complete garbage, but it's just not. I mean, you, you lose Shamit, who is basically your Reddick insurance moving forward. Uh, you lose Muscala, who's whatever. You 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 add, you know, Jonathan Simmons, who's one of the least efficient players in the NBA this season. Yeah, he's, I realize Ennis, how bad he got. Like, he's, yeah, he's not good. James Ennis, anyone who's watched. I saw a lot of tweets uh, yesterday when that trade went down about James Ennis, you know, adding defensive spark and tenacity. It's like, watch James Ennis play basketball. Yeah, please. like uh, he is not he's, he's not playing defense. He's a baseline three shooter at this point. I yeah, like, like or last time I was in Houston, but who knows? I I saw those same tweets. Like I'm like, who James Ennis is not a defensive player. Like what? No, he's been really bad this year on defense. Uh, can't keep anybody in front of him. So I don't. I I I just uh, I'm just not really high on this. I thought they gave up way too much for him. And also, this is the type of move that you do when. The Golden State Warriors do not exist. Like, <laughs> it's just All like, right. are, you, are you winning the title this year? No. So why did you do it? I mean, and then like for as stacked as the starting five is offensively, I think they're going to be in just as much trouble defensively. Because, I mean, at least in the like in the second and third round of the playoffs, I should say, like because you're going up against teams that have shooting everywhere, and. You have a bunch of guys like Embiid. Obviously, is in trouble with Horford, and then Harris is not known for his defense. And you have Redick out there. So, like, if you're going to play that group together, they're going to give up a ton of points too. Yeah, I I'd like the defense a tiny more than you, but those are flaws. Like Embiid is a, a pretty damn good defender. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, obviously. Uh, yeah, like, and Simmons when he wants to be is like just a ridiculous do everything kind of force but but yeah to your point they still don't have anyone who can cover um uh Kyrie Irving and so if you match up against this or even like Eric Bledsoe I mean that's just that's going to be trouble for them yeah if we we, we want to transition to 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 the other two I was saying as as we're talking about like what they're going to do with Tobias it's like it's funny because I feel like the and this more goes for Toronto and Milwaukee but I feel like the one major advantage that they had over the Celtics this year was that they had like, cohesion and consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've taken that and uh, not quite blown it up, but all of a sudden I feel like the Celtics are half a season ahead of these guys. Yeah. Where, what's, which acquisition do you guys like more, Gasol or Miritich for uh, Bucks and Raptors? I, uh, excuse me, I think that Obviously, Gasol is the better. Maybe not obviously, hey, but Mike, Mike, can you break down like where where is Gasol right now in terms of like where he was at his prime? Like, uh, I mean, 
it's just like you look at what they had, what Toronto gave up for him, and I think that that kind of tells the story. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Like that's they literally gave up nothing. They gave up the yeah. right to the resign right this off season. Like, yeah, they gave up. Yeah. Um. You know, JV has been hurt for them, but I think they probably value JV more than anybody else. And you know, they gave up Delon Wright and. Well, what what was that there? CJ Miles, like with a player, another expiring contract. But yeah. a guy, also a guy that's been there forever and been there through. And I know that they've certainly made a point that they don't care about the past. But like, I don't know. You're really shaking things up at the core. And I guess what you got to do here is figure out well, like what his fit is uh, for the rest of the season. Which is, I mean, he's not like a minor piece. He's going to want to start. I'd be pretty surprised if he came off the bench. Not to- not totally shocked, but I mean. Like, I thought in the playoffs, their best lineups or some of their most intriguing lineups could have Siakam at the five. But now you have a situation where, you know, you got to play Gasol at the five. You got to play Ibaka at the five. Um, are they going to play Ibaka and Gasol at the same time? And then what does that do to Siakam? So I think that it's just, it, it, it confuses, um, you know, it, I think it raises their ceiling for sure. But uh, it confuses... Uh, you know, how, like, what they are. And the fact that Kawhi, uh, you know, load management every other day, it seems like. <laughs> um, you have Kyle Lowry, who came out, and basically, I don't know if him publicly saying his back is just going to be an issue from here on out, was, like, him <laughs> just a giant middle finger to Shiri, <laughs> who was trying to trade him. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's an issue, too. He's not young. So and Gasol is thirty four. So uh, is he in their? Is he in their finishing five? Gasol. I think it depends on the matchup. Yeah, I I actually, that's a tough one. I mean, I if they're in, against the Sixers, yes, because Embiid's on the floor. But against the Celtics, that's going to be pretty rough. Um, against the Bucks, that's going to be pretty rough. They play five out. Uh, I don't know, man. I like. They, but again, they didn't really give up a lot. So you can't be like, oh, man, like crazy. Yeah. They went all in. Well, they didn't because they didn't give up Siakam. They didn't give up Ananobi. They didn't really give up any valuable future assets. So I, I, I still like the deal for Toronto, but they have their work cut out for them. I agree. I mean, it's just like it's a why not situation, but it also puts more pressure on Nick Nurse to kind of figure out how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. How am I going to yeah. keep everyone happy? How am I going to integrate this guy who's played – like all 10 years of his career in one place. And now he's being thrown into, you know, a complete uh, free for all playoff race. So with country in, with, yeah, just <laughs> <Good> point, <Rich. laughs> it's a whole new world. And yeah, it's like from a, from a constant, we'll find out. I mean, this will be a good test of the continuity, you know, factor. Danny Ainge has been a big believer in it, you know, kind of throughout this run, as GM and not that he had a lot of options to like, there wasn't like, he couldn't trade for Marcus all, even if he wanted to. Cause like the salary matching option wasn't there. Same with Miritich, like all these stuff, but it's also like, yeah, we, we have our guys, we've gone through our growing pains. We think we kind of know what's going on now. So good luck to you guys try to integrate these new pieces. Yeah. And you mentioned Miritich. It's the same thing. Like the, the bucks didn't lose anyone in that deal. Now you're bringing in a guy who you imagine is gonna is he gonna start? He's gonna be the sixth man. He'll come off the bench. So right, um, and like, and now you're learning that that whole identity. It's it's gone. 
And a guy would, and I don't know too much about Mirtis personally, aside from the fact that Bobby Porter's punched him out. So we had that. <laughs> so like that's one sort of big check against him as a teammate. And not to mention like that happened and then he got traded, you know, not that Porter's didn't eventually get his, but like, you know, he's the one, he's the one that they sent out. So you wonder how easy that is. So, so are we talking about Meritage now? Yeah, let's talk about Yeah, Meritage. I mean, we can go back and forth, but... I I mean, this was, like, the best trade of the day for me. Um, the Bucks are the best team in the East right now. And they got, like, I would say... I don't, I don't know if I'll say substantially better, just because I don't know how many minutes Meritage is going to play in the playoffs. But... That's kind of just a perfect piece in you know their system and how they want to play and uh, he can plug right in and just you know continue to space the floor for that team and they really didn't give up anything. I mean they they made the trade for they made the thon maker for Stanley Johnson trade and then they just immediately turn around and flip Stanley Johnson to the Pelicans. Just like that's just real good GM work. So who's losing minutes in Milwaukee? DJ Wilson. I mean, Ilya Sov is probably out of the rotation now, I would imagine. Um, like, he's, he's been playing 17 minutes a game, okay. I'm a, did, did you guys know the Bucks are number one in defensive rating this year? Right now. Yeah, they're the, <laughs> the best team. I mean... I know so, they're the best team, but like that's still wild to me with their personnel. Like I, I look at them and I just don't... I mean, again, you have a lot of long defenders, but like... I just don't feel like when the postseason go goes around, I feel like it's just going to be a like I'd be shocked if they're in the top tier of defensive teams in the postseason. So I was talking to a fellow uh, Celtics writer about this. I don't, I don't, I just don't understand why there's Can you name everyone. Him? Sure, it was Jay King. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why people are down on Milwaukee's defense in the postseason. Like, I understand how they're, they're, it's a conservative system that gives up a lot of, you know, bigs drop. They, uh, they, they basically let you pull up for three if you want to. Um, they give you open mid range pull ups and that's kind of their defense. They drop the big back to the rim, uh, and it allows Brooke Lopez to stay on the floor. Uh, so, I mean, if you're playing, let's say the bucks are against, you know, if the Bucks are against the Celtics, you have a little bit of an awkward matchup because Horford on those uh, those those pick and rolls with Kyrie, you have Kyrie who can pull up, he's deadly. You have Horford who can pop uh, and knock down threes and stretch Lopez out to the perimeter. But you know, if you're growing up against the Sixers, like that's a perfect system for that against that team. Uh, yeah. If if you're going up against the the Raptors. Um, it's a pretty good system. And, you know, DJ Wilson, who's played really well for them, is able to kind of be a little bit more aggressive than Brooke Lopez would be. And then on the other end, it's like, how are you guarding this team? It's got hmm. Giannis Antetokounmpo in space, which we all knew heading into this season, like that was going to be a thing. But we did not know that Brooke Lopez was going to be this. Like he is hitting step back threes. Like it is crossover stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's Crazy. insane. We like he is not what anyone anticipated. So you you throw in Miritich now, and it's just like, good God! Like it's just, I, I don't. It, I, but it's not it's, that easy. That's the thing is we've seen this year with the Celtics. It's just not that easy. I, I you know I don't I don't think you just plop him in and 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 everything goes along as it was with him. And obviously, it maybe it takes like a, a couple of weeks, but I don't think it's it's a sure thing. It happens at all. If if I'm the Bucks, like. 
for as for everything you said, Mike, and like you, you, their offense is a nightmare for you know twenty seven teams to face. But I look at it as being like, I need to beat the Celtics, and Mirotic can't guard Horford. So like you look at it that way, and like I would have I would have set my sights a little higher on a on an acquisition at the trade deadline that at least had the capability to do that. Because again, I mean I think. The X factor in the postseason might just be DJ Wilson. If he can stick with Horford, like Well, he's good. Right, I know. Like that and maybe that that's their bet. But I don't like I look at Miritich and it's like the Celtics are gonna have a target on his back every time he's in the game because he can't guard anyone in their front court. So like that might be like a net positive for the Celtics when he gets to play based on the fact that they can go after him. Like because you said the rest of the Bucks defense is, you know, surprisingly very good. So, like, real quick, like, when you say guard Horford, are you talking, like, straight low post touches, or are you talking more on the perimeter? Both. Like, in the pick and pop game. Just anyone who can, more, more pick and pop, more someone who can, like, Cause you know. Because the easy solution to that is to put Giannis on him, you know? So, like, it, it's, I just think this team is very, very flexible. Way It's, like, it's completely different basketball team than it was last year when you had Jabari Parker just, like, barfing all over the floor. So like like right now you have, and Chris Middleton's taking a step forward like it's just a it's just a different team I I think that they are uh I, like it, it's it's pretty clear to me that they're the best team in the East not that they can't be beat but like it, it, they're just really good yeah and I mean they're I gonna get the one seed hold up yeah easily and I think so. their defense will hold up you know, I'm I know it's crazy man I I think I would still rather see both Philly and Toronto no sorry I would I would rather see that I would rather see Milwaukee over Philly and Toronto. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think, I mean, I know Giannis has been a little bit better recently with the three, but where he's still at 22%, right? And I know he's still dominating, but in a playoff series, until he can step out and somewhat consistently do that, I don't know. I just, I like Brad Stevens against that as opposed to like, whether it's Embiid or Kawhi. I don't know. But the I, thing about that is just that, like, he is not even like... He is he's important obviously he's an MVP candidate but like he is not the the like like the system is what is so great about that offense more so than Giannis's physical brilliance do you know what I mean no like yeah the, I hear you he, he's he's yeah you're saying so, that Giannis is a system player no I'm just kidding but <laughs> I know exactly what you mean Giannis is the Tom Brady of the <laughs> NBA Right. Uh, no, like, like, just like the five out way that they play basketball with the fact that they have all these shooters, uh, you know, Giannis doesn't need to, he doesn't really need to shoot right now. Like, it's not a Ben Simmons, like, uh, analog at all, in, in my opinion. Like, they have just so much space for Giannis to kind of prance around in the half court. And even if you do worry about Giannis and load up against him, like, hey, Chris Middleton's an all-star. Bledsoe's having a hell of a year. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's having a hell of a year. They just have, like, really good players all over the floor. So maybe I also don't quite trust Eric Bledsoe. Brogdon, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think he's still incredibly underrated. Well, guess what Bledsoe's shooting from three this year? Uh, it's, it's not particularly high, right? I mean, throw a number out there. I was going to guess. Three. Rich? I'll say 29. Thirty-one percent average. Good job, guys. Um, yeah, but, like so, you kind of it was one of those things but, you kind of like so, sold it the way but, you asked, right? But yeah, then but, George but, Hill, George Hill, twenty-nine percent. Pat Connaughton, twenty-nine percent. Okay, okay, but but look at Eric Bledsoe's two-point percentage. Tell me what that is. 
Uh, 60%. Okay, so that is ridiculous. And it's because <laughs> he all he has to do is beat his man off the dribble and no one's going to help off the three-point line. Because they have three-point shooters at ridiculous spots all over the floor at ridiculous positions. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a, it's a really, it's a tough team. And when you add Miritich, who's just lights out, um, like, he could take over a, a whole game uh with his three-point shooting and, and swing a game uh it's uh it's a really tough team to be yeah i mean i think so you're rich your power rankings of teams you want to see or don't want to see i think have... if i'm ranking i go i would m- most want to see milwaukee then philly and then toronto mike what about you uh i'd still most rather see philly um and then Toronto, and then Milwaukee. So I'm Philly 1, and then Milwaukee 2, Toronto 3. I think you match up better with Milwaukee than you do with Toronto. Toronto just has the possibility of like a major brain fart if they lose game 1 at home. (laughs) You do have like the... But I don't know, but you you have the shemmy factor for Giannis, which most teams don't have. Like you can, sure, okay. That's... You like that? That's not the like. Obviously, Shemi's kind of been on the periphery this year. Um, he hasn't, you know, making many strides offensively, but that he won in that series last year when he got he started starting, and uh, at least kept you honest to a reasonable, you know, numbers for those last three games. And Giannis uh, yeah. is yet to win a playoff series. Facts. I know that narrative is quite often bullshit, but I, I just, just there usually is like a, a step-by-step thing that needs to happen. Who can Eric Bledsoe guard Kyrie, Mike? Um, can he guard Kyrie? No one can guard Kyrie. <laughs> can he be I respectable against Kyrie? Yeah, he can be respectable for sure. You you saw last year, he just did not. I don't know what was going on last year, but I think it was a combination of having no respect for Terry Rozier, <laughs> um, and I don't I don't know what else was going on with him. But now that he's in a contract year, uh, Eric Bledsoe's <laughs> playing with a little bit more focus. Um, yeah, I I think Eric Bledsoe is one of the better options you can have as someone who hey, like your job is to not switch. You will you will, you will stay attached to Kyrie no matter what happens um that's a pretty good weapon to have if you're if you're coach bud um but again I just at the end of the day like Kyrie is just an unguardable force it's kind of nuts looking at the Bucks defensive numbers they rank number one in three of the four defensive four factors number one in not fouling Number one in rebounding, number one in defending field goal percentage. Yeah, they're pretty good. good. Pretty they're, good. They're, they're pretty good. They might, they might go ahead, Toronto. Um, all right, final thoughts on... Are there any other trades? There's nothing, I mean, I feel like there's nothing else that's worth talking about. Fultz got dealt, like, whatever. Um, good for him. Good for him. Give him a chance to play. It's a good place. Disaster scenario for Philly, but like, okay, at least they, they got they got a pick. At least they got a pick. They 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 pulled the trigger on it before. You know, they can at least say they got a pick because in another year they might not be able to even get that. 
and they were able to make another bigger, shittier trade to sort of take the attention away. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, the West was a bunch of like the Rockets just salary dumping is like kind of hilarious. Literally the most depressing thing. Like, yeah, so, right now. So, guys, are, is the East, Eastern Conference better than the West? As a top, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean not necessarily the matchups, but just like it's just so funny how much time we just like joked on the East. Yeah, here we are, and that's with Oladipo out for the year, right? Somehow the Pacers are still winning, but I don't know yeah, how, long, how much longer <laughs> that's going to last. They just Obviously. got, yeah, they just got Wes Matthews, who's basically like his agent must have told him, "You can be Victor Oladipo for two months right. <laughs> and get paid, <laughs> or two um, games until your knee goes as well." Sure, sure, sure. But that's a net win for the Celtics, like keeping him away. I don't know how much Wes Matthews has left, but like keeping any of those shooters away from Philly. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys like in a playoff good. series. You know, he would just be a huge pain in the ass. Right. I'm still shocked that Wayne Ellington's going to Detroit because, I mean, he's from Philly. Philly needs shooting. I don't know. It's just. But they traded Bullock. They could be like, we're giving you 30 minutes a night. Like, no, I know. I know. I know. But still, I don't know. Wait, so Bullock's. I, I get Stanley Johnson and Reggie Bullock mixed up all the time. They're very so, different. <laughs> I know it, but for, for some reason, I think it's just a, a, a brain lapse for me. But so uh, Johnson is where now? Johnson's in New Orleans. New Orleans, just for a flyer. And Bullock is with the Lakers. Bullock's with the Lakers. Okay. And no other real major shakeups. Um, yeah, most of the big action was in the East. Obviously, um, the Clippers made a bunch of random deals. And Danny yeah, just yeah. sat back and watched. Let yeah, them dig their own graves. Exactly. So. What, do you think uh, the Celtics were in on anything or close to anything or having conversations that were semi-advanced? I don't I think... Do. I, I think they... Ex- I believe that they explored moving Cherry, and I don't think they got anything that was... that was made them worth a shake-up mid-year. What type um, of player do you think they were targeting? Like Malik Monk? Like... A yeah, guy think, who's young on a rookie scale who you could include in an AD package. Exactly. 100% is that's, I think, what they were looking at. And guys like that, you're not going to be able to get. You'd probably have to. Charlotte was like, we'll do that if you throw in a pick. And then Danny's like, no, I'll just save the pick for the Pelicans. So, Do you think they uh, called about Fultz? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that would have been perfect for, for him to come uh, here and then turn him into a star. And then turn him into a... Yeah, or just or just trade him, use him as trade fodder for, for no, AD. The, the better one would be to turn him into a star, and then him, Tatum, <laughs> and whoever that we get with the Kings pick becomes the next big three in Boston. Oof, that Kings pick. Yeah, that yeah. could be that could be eighteen overall now. The Kings are really good, and they made the Kings made some moves uh, that I liked a lot. But uh, yeah, that's not good. That's not particularly great. I still think. Uh, like, do we think the Clippers are going to make the playoffs? I don't I, even know what the hell they're doing right now. Yeah, no, I don't think so. It's, like, they got all those assets, and they're like, all right, they're tanking, and then they trade for Green, and it's like, oh, I guess you're not tanking. Um, but maybe, like Rich said, Green's knees are kind of messed up, and I think they just wanted to dump Avery's salary for next year. I um, think buying out Gortat is just, like, such a net plus for them, too. I think, yeah. like, I think they'll be not having to play him anymore. Uh like, it wouldn't totally shock me if they finished with a better record than the Lakers. Also, I think that the Lakers should bench LeBron for the rest of the season. That's my it's, take. Any, it's, <laughs> come, it's coming any day now. 
He's, and he's just shut down. Well, it, like once it gets to the point where it's either okay, I can either bust my ass and get us an eighth seed and be beyond embarrassed in a sweep against the Warriors, or like shut it down and, and maybe tank for the lottery. So I think that. So if I were LeBron, what I would be thinking is like, okay, like exactly. I'm not gonna go like balls to the wall here, um, because like for all the reasons that you just said rich and then also like if if we don't make the playoffs then i feel like it's a pretty interesting sales pitch where it's like if you're talking to clay thompson or jimmy butler or whoever and you know the narrative is basically like if you go uh to team up with lebron you get blamed uh if you're te- if the team loses that's always been like the thing lebron's sidekicks take the blame and he never does but if like they don't make the playoffs this year you have the opportunity to completely be the difference maker next year, if that makes any sense. So yeah. I think there's a lot of upside there. But then also, like, if you're, like, I don't know. I, like, if you're LeBron. And you can also sell, like, you know, if, if LeBron's shut down, like, hey, you know, LeBron has spent the last three months getting ready for the, for these next two years, you know, or whatever it is. You know, he's he was, he was was he was in the finals for for whatever eight straight years and you know he just wants to chill out yeah where he said he's he's been sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber since uh since it's february yeah okay so he's got to play in the all-star game you know so he he he's got to get this far it's important for him to be that but i i'm telling you i don't think it'll be long after the all-star game that he phases phases himself out of this season well that and let the let the kids play get their get their stock just destroy no that would destroy their stock (laughs) <laughs> you think so? What to let them to have Brandon Ingram? I mean, I'm, score I was twenty-five a night. Well, I was watching. You know, it's not like the Lakers were blowing the world on fire when it's blowing the world on fire is that even a <laughs> statement? Um, setting the world on fire. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Uh, when LeBron was out, I mean, yeah, Ingram was putting up numbers, but also like there were nights where he was not doing great, and the team lost, and everyone would kill everyone on that team um so i don't know if that would necessarily up their stock uh but you know we'll see yeah be a fun last couple months but uh fun trade deadline good news for celtics overall and now we just get to see now these guys get a chance to prove or the young guys if they want to stay here they uh or even if they don't want to stay here like if this team goes deep into the finals, then maybe things don't get blown up. But other than that, it's hard to see. My money is on things getting blown up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, we always talk about what's like what the what the line in the sand will be for Danny to to keep Tatum, and I feel like anything short of a, a incredible seven game series for the Warriors like is uh, it's going to be hard to see him staying behind that line. I have a real quick last thing. Do you think it's possible that the Pelicans would trade? This is what we're talking about going back to that spite thing. Yep. Do you think it's possible that the Pelicans would? Because I, I think the Celtics can still put together a better offer than the Lakers without including Tatum. Like I just, I, I just, it's possible. Yeah, I, I think mean, that like... uh, if you look at like the picks and everything. Yep. Um. Because the Celtics could get crazy with picks if you want to do, sure. if you want to go toe to toe, don't even like it's they'll blow you out of the water. That, that Memphis pick now too, we shouldn't right, mention exactly. that real quick. 
exactly. So if you're the Celtics, like, and you put together a package of like Jalen and let's say Smart and um, Robert Williams and just anything you can, um, without including Tatum, do you think that the Pelicans, if they were to maybe even view the two offers as equal, just send AD to Boston because they're just like fuck you and to magic johnson and rob polinka fuck you to rich paul fuck you um you're just cool. because do you think exactly yeah. you're cool do you think that's like that would that would be that's a kind of a conspiracy theory i mean type yeah, of it's take, like a, but... it's like an east west situation yeah like if you have the choice if the things are equal then you send them they don't have to see them four times a year like i think it's a pretty common theory and and then you put the spite stuff on top of it based on how you know terribly handled the situation was and for the pelicans and then yeah like i could 100 percent see that i do i do wonder though just the fact that the pelicans like it's not like it's like a blind like they know tatum's there right i just think you know when they're giving up ad but again if it's if they don't because no who else is going to be making a significant offer here the, the sixers took themselves out of the running i feel like with all their deals that is really good news i think like from a leverage play this offseason it's like, like the knicks but yeah, like as long as as long as a a dumb team doesn't get the number one pick, i.e. the Knicks or you know the Bulls, I don't know, but like somewhere where Clippers they, could be in, interesting. They could Clippers be a could be interesting. That is true. That's probably your biggest secondary worry. I feel like this off season. Um, Isn't it amazing how many dumb teams there still are? You know, there's a few. I think it's dumb owners. Yeah. I who, think, for, who forced the, forced the hand of I think GMs are, yeah I think I think uh, GMs and you know the the guys who are the basketball people at the head of the food chain are I don't know how many dumb people there are there I mean it's not nice to call people dumb but you know right. Dell Dell Demps has not had a, a great run in New Orleans there's a few other examples but I think it's more ownership like and Daryl Morey's situation obviously. You would think he would be a little bit more creative and, 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 you know, try to, you would think if his ownership was different, maybe he would try to go after Jimmy Butler in some sort of way and um, really make things interesting. Uh, But yeah, it's just like he was forced to kind of tear down. His mandate appeared to be tear things down and cut costs, which is a huge bummer. And if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, he's probably a champion. Yeah, he's definitely cruel. a champion. Yeah, cruel world. All right, well, we'll see. <laughs> Should we'll be a champion this a better, year. Yeah, I know. On, on a better note. <laughs> but no, uh, we'll be back with you guys next week uh, as the Celtics get a chance to test themselves against the uh, the new look Sixers down in Philly. So we'll keep tabs on that and everything else. Uh, until then.